This is Coffee, Books, and True Crime. Hey everyone. Hey guys. This is Nicole. And this is Amanda. And we are Coffee, Books, and True Crime. Today we are going to delve into the Conrad Roy and Michelle Carter case. This one is very aggravating, but it has recently become relevant, so we wanted to discuss all that. The sources we use for this episode are People Magazine, CNN News, and CBS News. This case, this case really uh, makes me mad. I, I'm glad we're talking about this today because I cannot stand this case. Me either. Like I have watched all kinds of like HBO documentaries on this. It's really good. Um, Stephanie Harlow, she's a YouTuber. She has a couple episodes on this and she nails it. It is amazing. I highly recommend finding her and watching it. She's a true crime channel and she's like my favorite one. She's really, she delves into that research. It's awesome. Very, very thorough. Okay, so let's start talking about Conrad. Conrad was born in 1995 in Mattapoisett, Massachusetts. He was sometimes socially anxious attending school and going into the classroom. For several years, he worked with his father, grandfather, and uncle in his family's marine salvage business, Tucker Roy Marine Towing and Salvage, Inc. In the spring of 2014, he earned his captain's license from the Northeast Maritime Institute by completing three months of night classes. In June 2014, he graduated on the honor roll from Old Rochester Regional High School in Mattapoisett. He was an all-around high school athlete who played baseball, road crew, and ran track. He graduated with a 3.88 GPA and was accepted to Fitchburg State University to study business, but at that point he decided not to go. He actually wanted to get into the family business. According to court documents, Roy had allegedly been physically hit by his father and verbally abused by his grandfather and tried to kill himself in October 2012 so when did the relationship between Roy and Carter start? They met in Florida in 2012 when they were each visiting relatives. Okay, so like at the peak moments in Conrad's life when he was highly suicidal, that's she- when he met Michelle? I'm not sure like when in 2012 they met honestly so I don't know if that was before or after but since they went to Florida I'm going to assume that was probably like a summer trip which so, tells me that he tried to kill himself in October 2012 right after his parents had divorced and she knew about it but okay. we'll get into that here in just a little bit I think I okay. touch on that here. I'm jumping the gun yeah good question though In June, Roy had texted Carter suggesting they act like Romeo and Juliet, checking that she had understood that they had each killed themselves. Conrad struggled with social anxiety and depression for which he had seen several therapists and counselors, including a cognitive behavioral therapist, in the weeks prior to his death. 
He had been hospitalized for an acetaminophen overdose at the age of 17. He was talking to a girl he had met in a group, and she called the police. So what is the group? Like group therapy, where he was talking to the counselor and his peers. and Yeah. Okay. And she was the one that called the police. He had been taking Celexa for some time. In the United States, Celexa carries a box warning stating it may increase suicidal thinking and behavior in those underage. So, I'm going to get kind of vulnerable here for a minute. But, Celexa is a drug that doctors will subscribe for people that have depression and anxiety. I myself have went through my bouts with anxiety and depression. And my doctor first tried putting me on Celexa. Because when Celexa works, it's an amazing medication. It did the exact opposite for me. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't wow. want to move. I I didn't actually think about like killing myself, but it had me in like the dark and twisty space. Wow. So I mean, like, it's good that you were able very to. Real thing. It's good that you were able to recognize that and and know that something something was up. Yeah, it's like hey, uh, we need to we need to stop this and try something else. And I feel like that is probably much harder for someone that was Conrad's age. To recognize? Well, that, and he already had so much else going on, and he didn't have any, like, medical training or anything like that. Like, had I not been in nursing school when I was, you know, going through that, I wouldn't have known that either. So it's, I'm glad that it's more, I'm glad that there's a box warning now. Saying right. that it may increase it that way, you know, parents can pay attention. And I think there's that extra layer for being a teenager. You know, I think that parents have a hard time knowing the difference between a teenager that is actually depressed and not being like a broody teen. So I feel like he has all these layers that are just compounding right now. And I'm not I'm not blaming the parent at all. I mean, how do you know legitimately? How do you no, know the difference between No, because teenagers are moody. Like that's Yeah. part of being and, a teenager. And they took him to a therapist. So I mean, obviously he was getting he was getting help. So I mean, yeah. They were doing the right things. I Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. Now Michelle on the other hand. <laughs> In 2016, the judge had refused the defense's request for funds to hire an expert on Celexa, describing it as speculative. Speculative. Videos that Roy made of himself talking to camera formed an important part of the case. So, Michelle's, this is saying that Michelle's lawyers had tried to say that Celexa did this and that Michelle had no part in it. Mm, mm Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, we'll get into that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, speaking of Michelle, she was born on August 11th, 1996. So she was just about a year younger than Conrad. She went to King Philip Regional High School, which isn't the same area that Conrad was in, but it was it was still close to it. She had developed an eating disorder from the age eight or nine, may have injured herself by cutting and was on prescription psychiatric medication from the age of 14 
and attended counseling at McLean Hospital in Belmont. So Michelle had some issues too. Yeah. That doesn't excuse her actions, but. No. An eating disorder at eight or nine years old, that is very early. That is awful. I mean, I that makes me very sad. Okay. And this is where it clarifies the um the suicide attempt in 2012. After learning that he was planning to kill himself, Carter repeatedly discouraged him from attempting suicide in 2012 and 2014 and actually encouraged him to get professional help. However, her attitude changed in July of 2014 when she started thinking that it would be a good thing to help him die. What a twisted thought. Like, what a twisted thought. And, like, I mean, did she really think that that would help him? Like, did she think that, one, he was in that much pain, that she was really going to be helpful in that situation by having him die? Or was the attention not on her and it was time to become the oh, my boyfriend killed himself, now look at me, look how sad I am. That's exactly what happened. And so whenever all of this stuff was happening, Michelle had a hard time of keeping friends. She was like the loner. And she would like talk to girls and like the poor, poor pitiful me, I'm going through this, I've been hospitalized. And the girls would take pity on her. This is... This is this is uh, borderline personality traits that I'm hearing. Yes. Very, very borderline attention seeking. Yeah. And after Con Conrad died, Michelle actually organized this baseball game that was a fundraiser in honor of Conrad. And instead of having it in Conrad's hometown, she had it in her hometown. So of Conrad's course. family and friends all had to drive to go to this thing and she was you know oh look what look what conrad's girlfriend did for him and look at all this that she is doing she has been through so much yeah his death's (laughs) about her yeah she's trying to capitalize on his suicide okay so conrad and michelle had met in florida in 2012 while each had been visiting relatives After this initial encounter, they saw each other in person again only a handful of times over the course of two years. So they had been, like, dating, talking on and off, but they only saw each other in person a handful of times. Yeah, and I'm picturing a long-distance teenage relationship, and I cannot imagine that that was a very strong relationship. Yeah, or a good relationship. And they they only lived 35 miles away from each other. They mostly exchanged text messages and emails. On Sunday, July 13, 2014, following digital exchanges with Michelle while interacting with his family, Conrad died by suicide by poisoning himself with carbon monoxide fumes in his truck in a Kmart parking lot in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. He had a generator inside the truck with him. Wow. Roy's funeral was held on Sunday, July 19th at St. Anthony's Church in Mattapoisett. The Captain Conrad H. Roy III Scholarship Fund at the Northeast Maritime Institute was established in his memory, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So some things that they didn't have on 
the sites that I was looking at that I had learned in the documentary and in Stephanie Harlow's, Michelle had told her friends that she thought Conrad was going to kill himself whenever it wasn't even in the discussion. She was just trying to gauge the reaction to see how it would benefit her. Oh my gosh, that is so... Oh, that's so frustrating. And after Conrad killed himself, which, you know, obviously she was the first to know. Because she was actually on the phone with him whenever he was sitting in the truck. He had gotten scared, jumped out of the truck, and she coerced him to get back in and finish it. That is absolutely disgusting. I mean, how could you sit on the other end of the phone and actually hear someone essentially dying and you're okay with that you're actually encouraging it you want it to happen yeah he told she told him to get back in the damn truck that's disgusting and then the next day once you know they had found his truck in the Kmart parking lot and she reached out to his family she was like I loved him so much if there's anything I can do and she would go over to the family's house and visit with them and try and have that relationship with Conrad's sister. And it's, like, just disgusting. Like, using this poor kid's death for your own benefit. Like, did the family have any, like... I wonder if the family knew, like, something's off with her. Or I wonder if she had them so just... Had them so blindsided that they didn't see through that she was really evil. No, they didn't trust her at all. Because... (laughs) Good. She was saying, you know, well, we've been dating for two years. And his sister was like, but I've never even met you. Yeah. Ah. (laughs) Yeah, who are you? Exactly. Okay, so now we're going to get into the court proceedings. And this is just... Okay. She was indicted on February 4th, 2015, and arraigned the following day in juvenile court on charges of involuntary manslaughter. The grand jury found enough to charge her with recklessly assisting the suicide. She was 17 at the time, and the court indicted her as a youthful offender rather than a juvenile, meaning that she could be sentenced as an adult. Good. As there were limited legal precedent for prosecuting an encouragement of suicide, Cataldo initially asked a Taunton juvenile court judge for summary dismissal. Cataldo was her lawyer, I believe. Because they argued that Carter's texts were protected under the First Amendment and that the text history showed that Roy had been contemplating suicide without Carter's input. The judge obviously declined this motion. <laughs> On June but, 6- and, Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's the thing is you can't act like Michelle's input didn't exist. You know, it's like, okay. And also, I would really love to know, and maybe if you guys have more information on this, that would be super helpful. But I would love to know... What are the laws for something like this? I mean, would this be considered assisted suicide? And is there enough out there to be convicting people of this? Because this is like the first case, like really nationalized that I have seen. Yeah, and I haven't seen any after that either. So maybe it's just one of those things that aren't covered yet. Yeah, and it's like, what, like, do we even have laws to address this? And I think that was probably half the problem with this situation and why this turned out so wrong. I think that there is assisted suicide laws because, like, doctors can't assist suicide and, like, cancer patients and stuff. 
That is true. I just wonder, like, I mean, I guess cases like this, it would have to be assisted suicide versus murder, right? Like, they could never stick a murder charge with somebody. See, I mean, in my mind, there is a difference, and I know the law doesn't see it this way, but between a doctor maybe helping someone who is suffering versus this person who, and I guess you could argue that he was suffering mentally, but. I just, I don't know. I've struggled to wrap my, my mind around this. Yeah, this is where it gets kind of sticky for me. But and like, how could we charge someone like this with a murder charge? Because I feel like she should have gotten one. And I don't know what everyone else's opinion on that is, but... Well, she didn't get, like, a first-degree murder charge, but she did wind up being found guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Okay. So it was still up above, like, just assisted suicide. Yeah, because that makes it sound so helpful. And, of course, would play into her narrative. (laughs) The judge stated prior to his ruling that it was Carter's phone calls with Roy when he was in his truck gassing himself, as described by Carter's text to her friends, rather than the preceding text messages that caused him to go through with killing himself. Mm. So they're saying it was the, the phone call where she said, you know, get back in the truck is actually was the nail in her coffin not even the text messages. I mean, the text messages didn't help, and they're just as disgusting. We're going to talk about those here in just a little bit. The judge found that Conrad had broken the chain of self-causation towards his suicide when he exited the truck, and that it was Michelle's wanton and reckless encouragement to then return to the truck that caused his death. After the guilty verdict, Conrad's father stated publicly that the family were pleased with the verdict but that they wanted privacy and time to process the events they have experienced. Lynn Roy actually appeared on the CBS 48-hour show, saying she didn't believe Michelle Carter had a conscience and that she knew exactly what she was doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I would argue that all day long. Oh, yeah, she well, knew. I, Especially if she I did a trial argue. run with her friends. Exactly. I would actually argue that she did not have a conscience. <laughs> that she was uh, had the ability to make conscious decisions, but is, in fact, soulless. Carter began serving her 15-month sentence on February 11th, 2019. That's a slap in the face, honestly. 15 she months, had... like, that is just ridiculous. That's, that's nothing. 15 months. Like, that's... Just, just wait for it. Wait for it. I've got news for you. Oh, boy. She had requested a parole hearing for early release, but the parole board denied the request on September 20th. They argued in initial hearings that the defendant had broken no law and had a First Amendment right to free speech, and at that time, she was a juvenile. Oh. (laughs) The Supreme Court declined to hear the case in January of this year, leaving in place the Massachusetts Supreme Court conviction. However... On January 23rd of this year, just a couple weeks ago, Carter was released early from prison no. due no. to good conduct. No! Yeah. <laughs> so mad. That is absolutely ridiculous. So what was the total so what was the total time that she ended up serving for this? Just under a year. Uh, ridiculous. Cuz she ridiculous. started February 11th of 19 and left January 23rd of 20. See, the problem that I have with this is because she did not physically murder somebody, 
but she has the mentality of a cool, calculated, manipulative killer. Someone that has the ability to do things not in heat of the moment. And that I don't think, I just think the potential to do more harm there, this is awful. She's a female Manson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's a female Kemper. Like, she is just, she's just, she's young and just not as good as they were. No, not at all. I mean, she... That's crazy. She went back to the same friends each time that she tried the run-through of Conrad killed himself. Like, yeah. So can I I clear up that? Because I don't know if I understand it. So she would tell her friends that he did kill himself just to see their reaction. That he... Do I have that wrong? She thought he would he had killed himself because he hasn't responded to her. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like she yeah. wouldn't from what I remember, she wouldn't actually say like he did kill himself, but she would allude to it like I'm afraid that he's killed himself. He hasn't gotten back to me, blah, you know. I love the caring and concern to not tell an adult but to tell her friends. <laughs> right? She cared she cared so much that she told her friends in like third period and just was like, I don't know. <laughs> Guess we'll find out. Yeah, instead of, you know, maybe calling his mom or dad. And saying, hey, I'd like to check in. I'm really concerned about your son maybe possibly killing himself. Yeah, but, you know, she was such a model <laughs> model prisoner. This statement comes from Jonathan Darling of the Bristol County Sheriff's Office. I don't think he was actually an officer. I think he was like a liaison. Okay. But this is what he said. Ms. Carter has been a model inmate here at Bristol County House of Corrections. She has participated in a variety of programs, held a job inside the jail, has been polite to our staff and volunteers, has gotten along with the other inmates, and we've had no discipline issues with her whatsoever. I mean, prison is supposed to be rehabilitation, but when you're dealing with a master manipulator... Uh, yeah, they they can thrive <laughs> in prison. Like, she knew exactly how to get how she was gonna get out of there. Yeah. yeah. And with the Supreme Court last week declining to hear the appeal and Michelle being released this week, it does bring a sense of closure knowing that we aren't gonna have to go through any other appeals. This is what the family said. Okay, okay. We are disappointed Michelle is being released early and not fulfilling her complete prison sentence. But we understand that it is the normal process for someone with good behavior. With that being said, we don't consider her a good girl. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree there. So it's like they're they're glad it's over, but they're still pissed. (laughs) Rightfully so. And I know we haven't read the text messages yet. And I know we're getting to that. But I feel like... If you have stayed with us through this episode up until this point and you have no idea what these transcripts say and you're kind of in the middle, um, I'll be interested to see how your opinion changes after after we read these transcripts because they're they're pretty bad. And and with that, let's get into it. I'm going to tell you guys the dates that they are sent. These are sent to try and keep it as organized as I possibly can. So now's when this gets a little sketchy. Now we're going to go through the text messages. They're kind of all over the place, so I'm going to go through them by date 
And I believe I found these on either CNN or CBS. And I'm going to play the part of Michelle Carter. And Amanda is going to play the part of Conrad Roy. Here is where Michelle urges Conrad to seek medical help for his suicidal thoughts on June 19th of 2014. Carter. But the mental hospital would help you. I know you don't think it would, but I'm telling you, if you give them a chance, they can save your life. Part of me wants you to try something and fail just so you can go get help. It doesn't help, trust me. So what are you going to do then? Keep being all talk and no action and every day go through saying how badly you want to kill yourself? Or are you going to try to get better? I can't get better. I already made my decision. And now we're on June 23rd of 2014. And in this exchange, Michelle discourages Conrad from harming himself. How do you want to harm yourself? Something. I don't know yet. Please don't. I hate myself. I'll always hate myself. I'm never going to view myself as good. I'm so far behind. What is harming yourself going to do? Nothing. It'll make it worse. It'll make the pain go away, like you said. It will make the pain go away temporarily, but when you're done, you'll just regret it and feel even worse. See, at this point, Michelle is actually trying to get him, to bring him back, to get him out of these thoughts. The only thing that I that I thought was interesting about this transcript, well, not the only thing, but one thing that I found interesting was when she says, what is harming yourself going to do? And he says, make the pain go away, like you said. So at this point in the conversation, yeah, she doesn't want him to kill himself, but she's obviously told him that if he hurts himself, it's going to make the pain go away. It, that conversation seems to insinuate that in my opinion. That's how I understood it, too. And... Sorry, guys. My husband has decided now is the time to start slamming all the doors in my house. So just ignore that. <laughs> okay, so now that was, you know, mid to end of June. And now we are going to start with July 7th, 2014. And before this, I remember them trying to get together for the 4th of July I think they were going to try and watch fireworks together. And, but Conrad wound up staying with his family, like on the boat or something. I don't remember exactly, but there was, it's not like there was no conversation between the 23rd and the 7th. They just apparently weren't relevant, you know, relevant to the court. Okay, so July 7th. Here, Michelle tells Conrad how she would handle his situation. If you were in my position, honestly, what would you do? I would get help. That's just me, though. When I have a serious problem like that, my first instinct is to go get help because I know I can't do it on my own. Later that day, however, Michelle and Conrad discuss the best way for him to produce carbon monoxide. Well, there's more ways to make carbon monoxide. Google ways to make it. Oh, my God. What? portable generator that's it july 8th the next day conrad seems less resolute so are you sure you don't want to kill yourself tonight what do you mean am i sure like are you definitely not doing it tonight i don't know yet i'll let you know because i'll stay up with you if you want to do it tonight another day wouldn't hurt 
You can't keep pushing it off, though. That's all you keep doing. Oh. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> These are... Like, hurry up! <laughs> like, come on so I can capitalize on your death. Yeah, hurry up so I can get some attention for this. July 11th. On this day, Michelle sends Conrad her opinion about using a generator in the truck as opposed to a water pump. Well, in my opinion, I think you should do the generator because I don't know much about the pump and with a generator you can't fail. July 4th through the 12th, this series of messages was sent over a span of nine days. I'm going to tell you guys when these are just from Michelle and these were sent. There are... There are several. There are several, and they're just staggered. So I'm going to just... Uh, and, and this is him not answering her, so she's just being pushy and he's not responding? I don't... I think this or, is just where the court was just pulling her text messages that they, were relevant. Okay. They just extract... Okay. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Michelle. You're going to have to prove me wrong because I just don't think you really want this. You just keep pushing it off to another night and say you'll do it, but you never do. And by, I just don't think you really want this, she means death. <laughs> yeah. And then in Ugh. all caps, see, that's what I mean. You keep pushing it off. You just said you were going to do it tonight, and now you're saying eventually. And then another one, but I bet you're going to be like, oh, it didn't work because I didn't tape the tube right or something like that. I bet you're going to say an excuse like that. Like she's literally taunting him at this point. Like, you won't do it. You won't do it. And then the next one is, do you have the generator? Not yet, LOL. Well, when are you getting it in all caps? <laughs> And then in the next one, it says, you better not be bullshitting me and saying you're going to do this and then purposely get caught. <laughs> and then July 11th to 12th, overnight into the next morning, Conrad shares concerns over how his parents would handle this suicide. I'm just too sensitive. I want my family to know there was nothing they could do. I'm entrapped in my own thoughts. Like, no, I would be happy if they had no guilt about it because I have... A bad feeling that this is going to create a lot of depression between my parents and sisters. I'm overthinking everything. I gotta stop and just do it. And then Michelle, I think your parents know you're in a really bad place. I'm not saying they want you to do it, but I honestly feel like they can accept it. They know there's yeah, nothing because, they can... <laughs> because parents can... Um, what parent in this world could accept that they're kid killed themselves exactly but listen it gets better they know there's nothing they can do they've tried helping everyone's tried but there's a point that comes where there isn't anything anyone can do to save you not even yourself and you've hit that point and i think your parents know you've hit that point you said your mom saw a suicide thing on your computer and she didn't say anything i think she knows it's on your mind and she's prepared for it Oh what mother God. is prepared for her kid's suicide? <laughs> I oh, this stuff is uh, so bad. Yeah, that this is just ridiculous. Uh, here, here we go though. Everyone the further we go, the more I hate this person. <laughs> everyone will be sad for a while, but they will get over it and move on. They yeah, like you're, you're, you're worthless. Don't worry, we're all, we're all gonna be fine. Like, let me be. add to that sense of worthlessness let me add to that sense of worthlessness and just let you know that 
We're going to be fine without you. They won't be in depression. I won't let that happen. They know how sad you are, and they know that you're doing this to be happy. And I think they will understand and accept it. They will always carry you in their hearts. Oh. Or they could just carry you in. <laughs> they could just hold carry you to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So then Conrad okay. comes back. I don't want anyone hurt in the process, though. I mean, when they open the door, all the carbon monoxide is going to come out. They can't see it or smell it. Whoever opens the door, which I think is so, like, it's so sweet of him to be like, I mean, it just shows that that he feels like he's imposing on others. Like, everything he says is like, well, I don't want my family to be sad. Well, I don't want anyone to get hurt. Like, he is so worried. And that tends to be a trait of depression, you know, not wanting to be a burden on anyone else. And he's just feeding that, you know. I don't want to hurt anybody who opens the door. Like, totally minimizing the fact that he won't be alive. Exactly. And her response to that was, they'll see the generator and know that you died of carbon monoxide. Wow. So, Connor asks, hey, can you do me a favor? Yes, of course. Just be there for my family. Conrad, of course I will be there for you, family. I will help them as much as I can to get through this. I'll tell them about how amazing their son and brother truly was. Mind you, I've only seen you a handful of times since we met two years ago. Ugh. I don't know. I'm freaking out again. I'm overthinking. I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right, and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way. You just need to do it like you did last time and not think about it. And just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. I do want to, but I'm like... But like I'm freaking out for my family, I guess. I don't know. Conrad, I told you I'll take care of them. Everyone would take care of them to make sure they won't be alone. And people will help them get through it. We talked about this. They will be okay and accept it. People who commit suicide don't think this much. And they just do it. I want to know what she meant by you need to just do it like you did last time. Like, is she talking about the Tylenol? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she, yeah, she's either talking. Yeah, she was, she was involved. Well, she wasn't involved. But they were, they were texting and stuff whenever he had attempted suicide with the Tylenol. So I'm assuming so that's what. So she's either referring to that or if there was maybe another failed attempt. But it's probably that one. Okay, and then on July 12th, in these exchanges on the day before his body was found, Conrad expresses more hesitation about his plan. If he's expressing hesitation, why wouldn't you just try to bring him back to the now? <laughs> okay, so I guess you aren't going to do it then. All that for nothing. I'm just confused like you were so ready and determined. I am gonna eventually. I really don't know what I'm waiting for. But I have everything lined up. No, you're not, Conrad. Last night was it. You keep pushing it off and you say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action. You're just making it harder on yourself by pushing it off. You just have to do it. Do you want to do it now? Is it too late? I don't know. It's already light outside. I'm going to go back to sleep. Love you. I'll text you tomorrow. No. It's probably the best time right now because everyone's sleeping. 
Just go somewhere in your truck. And no one's really out right now because it's an awkward time. If you don't do it now, you're never going to do it. And you can say you'll do it tomorrow, but you probably won't. Like, with that taunting, like, she's taunting him, like, you won't do it, you won't do it. Which I feel like for, like, guys especially, that kind of taunting is just especially powerful. And then here's the the last section that we have available. You just need to do it, Conrad, or I'm going to get you help. You can't keep doing this every day. Okay. I'm going to do it today. Do you promise? I promise, babe. I have to now. Like right now? Where do I go? And you can't break a promise. And just go in a quiet parking lot or something. (sighs) These text messages just make my blood boil. And this... And the thing is, these aren't even all of them. These are just yeah. the ones that the court used. Because this, this also, you know, they didn't record the phone call that they had where she told him to get back in the truck. You know, they... <laughs> I just can't imagine. I can't imagine the the thoughts on both ends. I really can't. Like, how could she be so okay with knowing that a human life was about to to go because of her her egging it on go ahead do it do it you won't exactly and it and for them to say that this was his selexa no yeah this this is michelle egging him on like conrad really needed help he really probably need hospitalized and regulated in his medication. And honestly, the Selexa probably did play a part in the suicidal tendencies. But Michelle should have taken that and tried to get him help. Like, tell his mother what he is thinking. Well, Somebody any that normal. Really help him. Yes. And any normal person, when they said, Yeah, you know, I just feel like, you know, my parents, like, how are they going to be? Any normal person would be like, They're going to miss you. Don't do this to them. They love you. Like, I love you. Please do not do this. What can I do to help you? And she is the opposite. She is the, you know, your parents will be fine. I'm going to be fine. Love you, but you should definitely do this. Like, you won't. Like, you're too big of a chicken to do it. Do it. You said you will, but you won't. Just yeah, just I'll take ridiculous. care of your family. Don't worry, I'll make sure they know how good of a son and brother you were. Okay, okay, <laughs> I'll let them know how like affected I am and hope that they dote over me. I don't know. This is just a hard one, and the fact that she didn't even have to stay in jail for a year. Yeah, I hate this so much. And if I were to give her a prison sentence, it would have at least been twenty-five. Like, that's the, that would have been the minimum with no parole because of how calculated and knowing that he was there taking his last breath and that she was egging it on the entire time because of that knowledge and the conscious decision to make sure. And that is why. Like, I think this is this, in my opinion, is worse than a heat of the moment fight when someone stabs someone else. Like, I, this right here is so thought through. This has been in the plan since 2012. Yeah. I mean, this has been a long time, like years of this. And she knows how bad it's been for Conrad. And, you know, you just flip a switch two years later. Yeah. To say, well, maybe I'll just help him. But she she didn't help him. She made it worse. 
two years of her needing to be the helper and not the victim. She could not handle that he was in a victim role and she was not. I can see that too. Crazy. This one definitely is a hard one. I hate this case. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you guys come over to our Instagram. Our handle is coffee books and true crime. Let us know what you guys think. Cause Amanda and I obviously are just pissed at this point. <laughs> We're mad. So we just want to hear your guys' point of view. Do you think Michelle egged him on like we did? Or do you guys see a different side of it that we're just blinded by? Because that's totally possible too. But do just let think, us know. Do you think that prison sentence was fair? And do you think that she should have been released early? Regardless of her behavior. But come on over to Instagram, slide into our DMs, leave us a comment. We would love to hear from you guys. Thanks, and you guys have a great night. Can't wait to see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. This is Coffee Books and True Crime.